All right. Good afternoon. I know it's a brand new voice for you here right now on the Mother's Justice Show. Good afternoon. My name is Omari Salisbury. I'm filling in for the good Rev, Reverend Harry Walden, who has earned a well-deserved day off, man. And very excited to be here in the studio. First and foremost, man, got to give a big shout out to our our producer, our engineer today, Eric. It's, it's been a minute, man. It has. Great to see you again. It's great to see you, man. It's, it's such a good feeling to be in the studio. It's been over two years since I've been in here, man, and I'm invigorated. Excellent. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you so much. We got a special guest in the building today, uh, Abby Platzich. What's up, Abby? Hey, Omari. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no, it's good to have. It's good to be had. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you in there. And we're gonna we're gonna jump in it, but Abby, I'm gonna tell you guys the whole story all about it. You know, over the years, Mother's Justice Show, I think it's almost seven years on mm. air. I, you know. Wow. Yeah, mama got a lot of stamina. People wonder, like, they see me in media over at Converge and everything else. They're like, man, where you get that from? I get it from my mom. Like, you know mama. what I'm saying? On the real. But um, so we're going to be talking to Abby here, and, and um, I'll tell you guys the whole story. I know over the years you guys have heard uh, the good Rev talk about my travels in Africa and everything mm-hmm. else across the continent. And so it's going to be a real great discussion here. And Abby's an author now, by the way. Yes, so, I am. We'll be talking about that. <clears throat> but first, <clears throat> excuse me. First and foremost, want to make sure we're going to be touching on this all throughout the show. The Mother's Justice Breakfast, man. This is the annual breakfast. And that's going to be happening on Thursday, November 9th at, um, at 7 a.m. That's right. Get up early. Get up early for the cause of justice. <laughs> 7 a.m. at the Royal Esquire Club um, and featuring guest speaker Vonda M. Sargent. And this is a big deal. They're presenting the Thurgood Marshall Award in every year. The Thurgood Marshall Award goes to a warrior for justice here in the Seattle Puget Sound area. And so, man, we'll, we'll be there. I know you got invited. I know. I'm very excited to, to actually be there on Thursday. Yeah, no, so that's what I'm saying. I'm looking forward to hanging out with everybody. Right. And so um, for ticket information, this website here is kind of long, so I'll give you a phone number. So you want to if you want to support and what you should is support the Mother's Justice Breakfast. That's this Thursday, November 9th, 7 a.m. at the Royal Esquire Club. And the phone number is 425-954-7501. So that's one call to action that you'll hear throughout this hour. The other call to action is, is man, tomorrow is Election Day. Tomorrow is when you need to let your voice be heard. If you haven't already, you know, we're fortunate we live in a state where it's all mail-in ballots. So a lot of people have already cast their ballot. If you haven't cast your ballot, if you're sitting on the fence, man, you have to be able to make your voice heard. You know what I'm saying? And this is your time and your opportunity. Um, There's over 70 drop boxes throughout King County. I know that this signal goes far beyond King County where I can speak you know, what accuracy about King County, man, get these ballots in. Uh, and if you plan on mailing your ballot, the, the ballot needs to have, it needs to be stamped before, um, it needs to have a, a postmark of tomorrow. So, you know what I'm saying? If you put in the, the your mailbox tomorrow night or something like that, it's, it's going to be invalid. Also, make sure that your signature is on point. That's the number one thing now that, that they're doing to throw out ballots is if your signature isn't a perfect match. So make sure that your signature is matching what's on your registration and everything else. This is a very important election. 
people somehow kind of feel that if it's not running for, for president, they don't need to vote. But it's like, man, all these things that are impacting us right now are is, is present right now. So we need guys to get out and vote. Tomorrow is election day. And like I said, you got until 8 p.m. to put that ballot in the drop box. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for, but I am going to tell you to get up, get out, and vote. That being said. I think that's good enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, let me let me introduce my guest. Man, I've been doing a lot of talking here. I look at that <laughs> clock over there. I'm like, this is running, and I'm still talking. Welcome to radio time. <laughs> oh, man. So introduce my guest here. So. Again, my name is Omari Salisbury. I'm the founder of Converge Media. I'm also the son of your usual host here, the Reverend Harriet Walden. Um, yeah, no, for sure. Big claps, <laughs> big ups right there. And, uh, you know, over the years, she's kind of shared her story. I spent the majority of my time, uh, majority, a good part of it, my professional career overseas, working across the continent of Africa in TV and in radio and at the time, introducing streaming media, and social media, <laughs> and everything else. Crazy enough, I've been to 64 countries all, to, all together. Uh, you know, most of that in the pursuit Incredible. and learning and working in, in media in one way or another. And one of the people I came across many, many moons ago, was my, my, good, my good friend, Abby Plattage, and we used to work together at uh, 102.6 Choice, Choice FM, FM, right, in Dar es Salaam, like, Tanzania. You're not allowed to do that. That's like radio murder. <laughs> oh, well, it's, But it's on a different continent, I, so well, it's okay. I, yeah. I, I promise you. Hey, listen. This, hey, listen, man. This is KK and W. And so, you know, someone <laughs> might really try to tune in. Okay? I mean, this this is all love. It's, nice. Yeah. I mean, this is... Just to let you know, this is our special place right here. Nice. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's some other stations in the building, whereas we're not, but right you here, know. it's special for us. But we were together on Choice FM, and of course, the parent company there, Clouds FM, mm-hmm. and you know, did a lot of stuff and worked together, a lot of stuff across East Africa. You're now here in the United States. Yeah. Uh, Karibu. Asante. I see it's very cold here. We say Baridi Sana. Yeah, no. I, I, yeah, I've whipped out all the possible jackets that I could find on the continent. Very difficult because we live by the equator. So Yeah, like like literally. But you're you're here for, for a reason and for a cause and man, you you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You just first of all, let me let me let you introduce yourself. <laughs> to our listeners because okay. you know i know you too well so i'm just skipping through I'm like yeah that's the big homie listen <laughs> up <laughs> and i'm yeah. doing a disservice to our listeners man yeah and so i i think only you can explain who you are wow. no better than you so once you talk about who you are first and then we'll also talk about you as an author but let's okay. talk about what you do all right um well my name is abby plotchies um i am Originally South African, but I reside on the in the beautiful country of Tanzania, uh, which is on the east coast of Africa. Um, for 20 years, I've been uh, working in the media industry. Uh, I have uh, done Big Brother, which was my big break into uh, media, actually, and broadcasting. Um, and that was 20 years ago. So, no, you cannot find anything online because it's not there. It was actually way before the internet, so this is a good thing. Um, and then slowly worked my way up, uh, you know, into broadcasting, which is, uh, like Omari was saying earlier, my first love, radio. Uh, I have an awesome show back home, The Drive Show, which is a three-and-a-half-hour show. 
uh, where we play a lot of music, spread a lot of love, do a lot of community work, um, and just bring, you know, just bring joy to whoever's driving home at that particular time. And uh, I, there's so much more that I've done, and I really hate talking about myself that much, but I also wrote a book two and a half years ago. Well, it took me two and a half years, but um, I finally finished it and launched it on the 24th of June this year. And it has actually been doing really, really well, very much unexpectedly for me. Um, But of course, I'm exceptionally happy about that. Um, And my very, very good friend, Omari Salisbury over here, uh, decided to invite me over to the U.S. for a little mini book tour. And I was like, you know what? Why not? If the heavens are aligned, let's just do it. So here I am, needless to say, Um, and the reception of my book has actually been really, really great. The name of my book is called The Life in My Men. All right, let me stop right there. (laughs) I knew it. That was was all good. It's a great introduction. You're like, okay. So, all right, the the name of the book Mm -hmm. is The Life in My Men, and it seems like it might also be a play on words in the the men in my life. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so what's this book all about? <laughs> so off the top of your head, yes, of course, it sounds, um, it is very provocative, which is exactly what I wanted. Um, but basically the book is uh, dedicated to my daughter, my little girl. Um, I have two kids, my eldest is a son. And um, uh, I, about 10 years ago, I lost my brother um, to the effects of mental health. Um, a phenomenal human being who, of course, uh, changed my life uh, incredibly. And then f- a few few years after that, I lost dad as well. And I just wanted to uh, write a book about an honor and celebrate men. That is basically the gist of it. I feel that we are in uh, such a time right now where, you know, as women, we are strong, we're powerful. We've made our space and still finding our space in this world and creating it and developing it. And um, I just felt somehow that maybe men are feeling lost in all of that power. And I didn't want that, uh, you know, to resonate with, especially because I have a, uh, a son. So I wanted to create something, a part of my legacy, so that uh, my kids especially, and your kids and everybody who is a mom or working woman, married, a wife, uh, you know, whatever position it is that you take in society, that you can resonate with. All right. <laughs> Sound like uh, it's that's a lot, what right? I asked for. No, it was like <laughs> this is high level overview, yeah. which is uh, which is great. But we need to dig into this. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? You made your way all the way what out What do here. you want to know, oh, Mari? Right. We're over here on the east side. I mean, like, even Eric, so it is. Like, inquiring minds want to know, man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know, there's juiciness in the book. Well, and no. No, 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 no. Hold tight. <laughs> so what we'll do right now is uh, <clears throat> we're going to take our first break. And when we come back, we're going to we'll dig into what the life in my men is all about. We're going to talk about the book. We're going to give that some space and grace. But also, like you said, you, you're South African. Mm-hmm. You live in Tanzania, mm-hmm. and so we also want to be able to touch on some some topics that are that are trending or what's going on on the continent of Africa mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. You are listening to the Mother's Justice Show. 
The King County Sheriff's Office is proud to support the Mother's Justice Show. We're an equal opportunity employer that recruits, hires, and trains qualified and diverse police officers to practice constitutional policing throughout King County. With a starting salary of $62,000 a year, scheduled pay increases along the way, generous health, dental, and vision insurance, and a take-home car upon successful completion of field training. This can be an attractive and rewarding career. So join us and be a person that serves their community and helps to bring about positive change. For more information on becoming a member of King County Sheriff's Office, go to our website, kingcounty.gov slash D-E-P-T-S slash sheriff. That's kingcounty.gov slash departments slash sheriff. Or get more information by calling 206-263-KCSO. That's 206-263-KCSO. The Mother's Justice Show is brought to you by H.G. Walden and the Virtues Healing Circles. Join us for Wisdom and Wellness with Reverend Walden, a monthly virtual and in-person healing circle that focuses on community healing and growth. Learn more at VirtuesHealing.com. That's VirtuesHealing.com. Also, be sure to join our healing group on Facebook. Again, visit us at VirtuesHealing.com today. Going our own way every day. Alternative Talk 1150. All right. Welcome back to the Mother's Justice Show. My name is Omari Salisbury filling in for my mom, (laughs) the Reverend Harriet Walden. And yeah, man, that's that jam, that night shift, huh? I know, right? All right. How about that? classic. Before we jump back into this conversation with Abby, again, remind everybody the Mother's Justice Breakfast. That is this Thursday, November 9th, 7 a.m. For all the early risers out there at the Royal Esquire Club, that's in Columbia City, uh, featuring guest speaker Vonda M. Sargent. And what's really dope is they're, again, this year giving out the Thurgood Marshall Award. And I got a feeling this year is going to be very special. You can get ticket info at 425 425- Nine five four seven five zero one. See this radio. See, I always got to repeat four two five nine five four seven five zero one, or uh, an email at mothersbreakfast at gmail dot com. So I know you'll be there for breakfast, Abby. Oh, for sure. You know, favorite meal of the day. So well, okay. <laughs> All right. So good stuff. So the life in my man. And so you wrote this book. You dedicated it to your daughter, mm-hmm. and you know it's. I what I think is kind of cool that you wrote a book that's not beaten up on men. Yeah, I know, <laughs> and like, that's what everybody it's, thinks. It's kind of it's kind of rare, you know. I was exactly I came in here with all my thinks. battle armor on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Expecting no. her some things. So I mean, what what who who are the? I know it's the the life in my men, but yeah. who are the men in who your life that made the, made it into the book? Yeah. I, I I don't know what it is and how the universe has laid my life out, but I am surrounded by a many great phenomenal men and I'm super proud of it. Look at you. You're sitting right here and you're one of them. Um, But I chose seven different men uh, in the book. My, like I said, my dad and my brother, the first two chapters is dedicated to them. Um, Big brother, of course, which is the show that I was in is also in here because I never really got to speak a lot on big brother after the show. So I wanted to just, you know, lay it all out there, which I did. And then, of course, there's a chapter on my son. There's a chapter on my ex-husband. There's a chapter on the love of my life. Um, and, of course, a few, a few other men in between. Um, 
but mainly seven. Which one was the easiest to write? Which one was the hardest? The easiest, I think, was my son. Um, And he's the final chapter. Because my son, he's only 17 years old, um, but he is an absolutely phenomenal human being, you know. So to write about him and to celebrate him and to honor him was extremely easy to do because that's just the kind of person that he is. He's naturally just... uh, wholesome and warm and beautiful so the hardest I would have to say was my brother because um like I said earlier my I lost my brother to um was kidney failure but my brother was diagnosed with uh, paranoid schizophrenia in the early 2000s and uh he my brother was a was born a genius um got invited to NASA to work on the space program and everything and um, he somehow just snapped. It was too much pressure for him, and it got to him. So that was, I think, the toughest. It's even It's even tough for me to talk about it right now because it was extremely traumatic just watching him go from this super incredible, successful, smart human being to just not having control over his mind and, you know, just over anything, actually. So yeah, that was that was the toughest one. Which man <laughs> have you have you gotten the most feedback from either positive or negative? Um it's a lot of it I got a lot of feedback about my dad. I think a lot of people who've read the book resonate with uh what how I wrote about my father because I chose not to write about my dad as my father. I chose to look at him as a man, as Brian Plotties. Because that's who he is. He, a part of him is that he was my father. But the whole of him is that he was a man on his own. you know. And that's how I wanted to view him. And that's how I wanted the world to see him. And not just for him to be defined as a father. you know. There's so many different aspects that was and belonged to him. And he owned so much of it. Um, so I wanted, you know, not only for myself, but I want everybody to view now, important people in their lives is not just your mom or not just your dad or not just your brother. There's so many different aspects that make up people. There's so many different roles that we play. Um, so we have to acknowledge all of that and not just one part of it. What was the catalyst? I mean, I know you said who you wrote it for mm-hmm. and basically dedicated to, but what's the catalyst? And, you know, I mean... Writing a book, although there's lots of people writing books, yeah. there's more people that aren't. <laughs> that, that really takes something for you to get up off your butt yeah. and be like, I'm going to do this. Yeah. So um, I mentioned this the other night at the Mixer as well, um, where I feel like we're just in such a time where our men are not being celebrated. And I think that it is you know, our responsibility as women, as the nurturers in this world, um, to to do that. It is our responsibility to, you know, uphold our men, uplift our men and to support them and to, you know, help them understand what their role is in our lives. We cannot, um, you know, have this uh, belief that we can do anything and be anything without men. We need our men. We need our men. Our men is, if not the most important, you know, aspect of a woman being upheld as well. 
So we can do it on our own, but it's not complete. This is just my belief anyway. I believe that we're meant to do it together. We fit perfectly. So therefore, we need to hold each other up in that aspect. How much of your African upbringing and African values and perspectives do you think pours into this book? Everything. Absolutely everything from the beginning to the end. I literally start the book um, with a little background into my history and my grandmother from my mom's side um, is an indigenous is indigenous Khoisan in South Africa. Um, so I wanted that it, of course, you know, as you know, a lot of the indigenous tribes all across the world have been wiped out and, you know, suffered um, tragic genocide and our tribe is, is none the different. So to the point where in South Africa or even the rest of the world, a lot of our culture has been swept under the carpet or forgotten or just, you know, just not uh, carried forward into um, recent and modern times. So I basically speak about that a little bit and introduce people to the culture and to just the tribe in itself. And uh, yeah, just a little bit of education. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I got a lot of backlash, not backlash from the book, but growing up and traveling through Africa, I get a lot of questions about my ethnicity and my race and where I'm from and what am I and I'm mixed and I'm 0.5 and 50-50 and all these different weird names that I get called. Um, and if anything, I'm actually from an indigenous tribe, which is more... and more pure and more authentic than anybody else. So it's very hard for people to believe that because I'm light-skinned, light eyes, blah, 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 all these little categories that they put you into. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, to me, you're just Abby. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, well, let me ask you this. That, do you feel that when you're talking about how men need to be nurtured and upheld, are you feeling that, there's a trend on the continent as well where you live that mm -hmm. is different or are you addressing like more, maybe more of a global conversation about, about men? Mm -hmm. Well, because I am from the continent and South African at that, and I live in Tanzania, I am a product of my environment and I see what goes on around me. And of course that then spills out into the rest of the world. Of course, um, we are very, um, we are in a, in a weird time, like I said. And uh, I, I don't feel that I should just be talking to Africa. I feel that this is a message that can actually reach everybody and anybody can actually resonate with it. It's not just very one-sided. You know, so you, you have um, a chapter there about your father. Mm -hmm. was, that would be what, the third chapter? The very first one. First one. Oh, <laughs> <clears throat> As somebody myself, you know, I lost my father just a few months ago, yeah. May second of this year. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, what what were some of your your thoughts? You know, what I'm saying because your your father is deceased. Yeah, you know, what I'm saying, and so you're 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 writing about him. Mm -hmm. You know, in a in a past state. You mm -hmm. know, what I'm saying, but. Mm -hmm. What what were some of your biggest takeaways or thoughts or maybe even some of the things that you thought were most important in speaking about your father in your book? Ah, uh, wow. My father was an incredible human being. Um, and I know that you also, you know, losing your dad not so long ago, actually. 
um, you can understand the importance of honoring your ancestors, especially those closest to you, like your father, you know. Um, my dad was a very big personality man. <laughs> His personality was larger than life. And um, he was loud. He was boisterous. He was outspoken. He was wild. He was crazy. Um, but there was also a side to him when he was with my mom and with me and my brother that was extremely gentle and kind. And, you know, and my dad was, you know, obviously um, growing up in South Africa at, at his age, a, part, a product of um, the apartheid government at that time as well. But the fact that my parents raised us to not um, play into the hatred that gets passed into into that uh, systemic, into that system. Um, I thought that was the biggest takeaway for me about the kind of people that my parents were. I'm not only paying that honor to my dad, but to my mom as well, who's still with me, thank God. Um, so, and I believe that we are able to do that. We are able to rise above all the BS and, you know, make sure that we stick to our human side of things and understand what you know we are as 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 humanity as you know as opposed to just being individuals and you know trying to um i don't know just trying to impose our own individual um ideas onto people there is something greater and i think my father and my mom was like a perfect example of that Now you said that you have your ex-husband chapter mm -hmm. as well, mm -hmm. right? How important or unimportant, <laughs> or what's it? <laughs> you're writing this book to be honest, but also I, I, I would suppose be uplifting. Yeah, because um, listen, divorce is not easy. Anybody who's been divorced completely and, and knows that and, and, and understands it a million thousand percent. I think it's one of the most painful things that anybody can go through. And of course, my, my ex-husband and I went through that pain. And um, But this was a long time ago. We I've, I've been divorced now for 13 years. Um, but he is the father of my children. I always say that he was a terrible husband, but he's a phenomenal father. So, you know, and I write about that in the book. I write the reasons why it never worked out. I write the reasons to why I want to honor him because as a man, he was struggling too. And I'm sure that he didn't want to get divorced. I don't think anybody goes out there and be like, oh, we're getting married, we can always just get divorced. I don't think it's like that. You know, I don't think that he would probably never say this because he's a very proud man, but I also don't think that he was happy about us splitting up and breaking up our family and everything like that. But the great thing about it is because after about uh, eight years after we were divorced is when we eventually managed to work on our friendship. And we have a really great relationship now. We get along like a house on fire. So, <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> and digging into, now, for, for people who don't know, although... Uh, because I don't know if it's still on air over here, mm -hmm. but you mentioned Big Brother. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can you can tell. Oh, it's our still audience, on air here. Mm -hmm. is it? Yeah, yeah. You can tell people what what Big Brother is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So Big Brother <laughs> is a it's a reality show. Um, it's based off of the George Orwell book, 1984. I'm sure you know the book better than anything else. Um, 
So basically they put um, about 12 to 15 people in a house uh, with cameras everywhere watching your every single move. There's no phones, there's no television, there's no radio, no newspapers. So you have no contact with the outside world. And they basically study you like guinea pigs. Like, you know, what is your human behavior going to be like when you're stuck in a house with 12, 13 other people? And what's going to happen? So super interesting, I have to say. So what happened? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's a book. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. a lot of things that yeah, can go yeah. into your book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you, you, you've given Big Brother its own chapter. Mm-hmm. I have. Well, it was mainly the experience of Big Brother um, that I speak about in the book because it was also my discovery of how intense um, the patriarchy is actually in the world. I had no idea or no clue of what it was until I actually encountered um, being on the show and then how I got treated after um, as a woman, especially as a colored woman in South Africa. So there was a lot of... um, misconception there was a lot of um oppression and i also realized that men so on a, it went all bad for you after going on tv it really did it really did i it was extremely terrible i told you the other day how uh south africa themselves i couldn't get a job i was trying to um you know get involved in media and everything and nobody wanted to employ me and i eventually got um I started doing movies everywhere else in Africa. I went to Nollywood. I went to East Africa. I did a whole bunch of shows all over. And once I started blowing up in the rest of Africa, then my country decided, oh, well, she's doing well. So, no, we can honor her, you know. Is that how a lot of Kenyans called Lupita ugly until... Exactly, until until she won an Oscar. They said maybe (laughs) the most beautiful woman in the world. Yeah. And then everybody was like, oh, she's... It's extremely That's hypocritical. Crazy. No, it's extremely hypocritical. If you think about the media world in general, it is extremely hypocritical. Mm-hmm. And we all work in it, you know, but of course you have to understand and know what your voice is and, you know, what it is that you stand for and push that narrative as opposed to following the status quo. So a lot of us, unfortunately, do get caught up in that. And, you know, I realize as a woman, we have to fight 10 times harder. We have to work 10 times harder get paid 10 times less but we still deliver and we still you know produce if not so much better quality work than a lot of people so a question for you then how mm-hmm. how different and same so you can say how the example maybe how things are the same and how they're very different is like life and culture in south africa than life and culture here in america I don't know if I've experienced America well enough. To. Okay. America. Um, maybe just, your perception. Of America, yes. Yeah. Yes. Maybe my perception. It's. I always say that America is. It's a great marketing tool for the rest of the world, because the way that America is viewed in the rest of the world, or at least on the continent of Africa, is, um, you know, the place where all your dreams come true and everything like that. Um, but I don't know. I think just as a people, we are all, um, we all have our own troubles. We all have our own issues. We all have our lives that we have to deal with. And I think that we're very similar, just maybe with different cultures and different lifestyles and things like that. But I think that there's a lot of similarities. Um, and yeah, you definitely do have so many more opportunities here as opposed to what is happening on the continent, of course. Mm. 
Now you mentioned in your book one of the chapters the love of your life. <laughs> Omari, Omari, Omari. I did use a pseudonym. I I, I protected him in the book because I didn't, he's famous, so I didn't want him to. He's famous. Huh? Didn't want him to be exposed. <laughs> that should let everybody know. You definitely not talk about me. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. What would you like to know, sir? Uh, why'd you get all quiet and clammy now? You see that, Eric? Not she just got all quiet. She, I'm not. Look, she was doing all these soliloquies about all this and that. And I'm like, ah, oh, what's up with the love of the life? Um, what would you like to know? Let me, let me ask my lawyer now if I can uh, answer the I, I don't, you tell me. It's your book. Um, I mean, he's, no. he's a protected class. It's under a pseudonym. He is, tell he is about him. Like, you know, I don't know. You travel the world. He used to cook for you, rub your toes. I mean, what <laughs> happened? He's loving your ah. life. You yeah, know? all of the above. All of the above. No, um, I wrote about him not, not because of those, you know, um, little fickle points, which is great nonetheless. Um, but he changed my life. There was, there was a point I never, after my divorce, there was uh, an, uh, a part of me which just died, you know, because uh, I used to have endless conversations with God. Like, why would you take my dad? Why would you take my brother? Why would you take my ex-husband? You know, like all of these great in, um, influential men in my life constantly leave. And so, of course, I internalized all of that and thought that it was my fault. Um, but of course, yeah, no, eventually I realized that it wasn't. Um, so meeting him completely changed my my view and my aspect i never wanted to get married again i didn't want to you know engage in in romantic uh situations anymore but he changed that and you know he he um revitalized my <laughs> my faith in love <laughs> he did so th- there's still a few good men out there so this is mr big <laughs> <laughs> You so, know him. You've met him. Let me just put it oh, that way. Snap. You know exactly who I'm talking about because you've met him. I brought him here ah. for you to meet. Remember? Oh. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. I keep getting ambushed by this book. <laughs> every, every every trip. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, yeah. but I think that's important if you're going to write a book, and especially a book about, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. your relationship with men. That you're able to write a chapter in there that that's because, able to talk yeah, about you know what I'm saying, romance is a huge part of us. Loved. Yeah, no, like this, it's it, you know, it's it's a celebration. It's mm. a celebration of love, but love in all aspects. You know, to to all different kinds of of men in your life. So, what would it have been if I didn't honor romance? So, we're gonna getting up here on a break here shortly. Is there a chapter that's in there that's not someone who's related to you, not a thing like Big Brother, or not someone you were in love with. Not a chapter, but there are a few little stories. Oh, you just you just drop a few gems. Yeah, there. <laughs> <laughs> there are a few, and then there was this man, and then there was this. Da, da, da. I do, yeah. Uh-huh. There's there's a few. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Are you? Do you want me to elaborate? No, we have to go to a break. You see. <laughs> You know this business all too well. I'm going to follow the lead on that one. We're going to take a quick break right now. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the book. And then we're also going to talk about what's happening there on the continent of Africa. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show. 
The King County Sheriff's Office is proud to support the Mother's Justice Show. We're an equal opportunity employer that recruits, hires, and trains qualified and diverse police officers to practice constitutional policing throughout King County. With a starting salary of $62,000 a year, scheduled pay increases along the way, generous health, dental, and vision insurance, and a take-home car upon successful completion of field training. This can be an attractive and rewarding career. So join us and be a person that serves their community and helps to bring about positive change. For more information on becoming a member of King County Sheriff's Office, go to our website, kingcounty.gov slash D-E-P-T-S slash sheriff. That's kingcounty.gov slash departments slash sheriff. Or get more information by calling 206-263-KCSO. That's 206-263-KCSO. The Mother's Justice Show is brought to you by H.G. Walden and the Virtues Healing Circles. Join us for Wisdom and Wellness with Reverend Walden, a monthly virtual and in-person healing circle that focuses on community healing and growth. Learn more at VirtuesHealing.com. That's VirtuesHealing.com. Also, be sure to join our healing group on Facebook. Again, visit us at VirtuesHealing.com healing.com today alternative talk 1150 it's good for what ails you this statement has not been evaluated by the fda all right welcome back to the mother's justice show and yeah you big shout out to eric right there diggable planets you guys might not know butterfly ishmael butler from the central district of seattle went to garfield high school you know what i'm saying like we represent it everywhere it's town business man oh my gosh that's right you do know them yeah of course i remember you we were we yeah. were standing outside my club one night and you were on the phone with them and yeah. you literally put the phone in my face uh, and you I, were like abs from, do you know Planet? Yes. we're out there it's like three <laughs> in the morning at that. a nightclub I and literally you were talking that. about diggable plants. I was like, that's my guy. That and is everybody crazy. Everybody looks at me crazy. I was like, oh my gosh. My yeah. I'm like, you guys are like and my favorite. I, I call Ishmael Butler from, from, from Dar es Salaam, Tanzania. He picked <laughs> up so first did. ring. He said, Big O, what's up? I said, man, I'm at the club in Tanzania, fam. So they rocking your did. joint. They want to talk so to did. you. Uh, I got a little bit of connection. Nice man. little memory. You know, I do what I can. All right. So, what what are some of the the learnings and the takeaways as far as the overall process and you know what I'm saying conceiving, conceptualizing, writing. Oh wow. You know, publishing now, marketing, yeah. and selling the book. It's hard. I'm not gonna lie. I did this on my own. It's been. I've never wanted to write a book. Have you ever heard me say, Omari, I want to write a book? I've no. Ne- <laughs> Maybe pop a bottle, never, never write a book. <laughs> exactly. I never, you know, I've never, it was never my, I think also I explained in the book as to why uh, I had a little bit of childhood trauma um, because uh, of that. And I explain it. Um, but some point about three years ago, I just put my head down and realized that I actually have a lot of stories. This is not my last book. It's my first one and most definitely not my last one. Because the next one is dedicated to the woman. Um, but, yeah, it's an extremely tough process. There are not many writers who actually go, um, you know, get, who get to the end, who actually get to the publishing part of things. There's, uh, you know, it's it's very easy to give up halfway, three-quarter way, quarter way, first chapter, you know. Um, it requires a lot of dedication, a lot of hard work. 
but also a lot of passion. Like you have to love what you're doing. You have to enjoy storytelling. Um, but I'm definitely not solely responsible for the fact that this book is sitting here right now today. I have a phenomenal editor by the name of Jennifer Matthews. And she's she's based in Australia. She's South African, but she's based in, in Australia. I found her. I, I emailed a whole bunch of people. Um, but she accepted my call. <laughs> and she accepted my story and my very amateur way of writing. And she loved it. She said that it's very easy. She said it's, um, you know, it's one of those reads that you can sit by the pool on a Sunday afternoon and, you know, finish it. It's not very uh, tough to get through. Um, and she she brought my stories to life. So I think it's the, it's the process more than anything that is more fulfilling than. Because at the end of it, I realized like, when the book was published and I had my launch, I was like, okay, wait. Why doesn't this feel like I thought it was going to feel? <laughs> it doesn't feel, you know, you expect, ah, you don't, it doesn't feel that way. It just feels like, oh, okay, here it is. And I'm like, okay, let's move on. <laughs> it wasn't as, you know, over the top as I thought that it would be. But that's, I guess that's just part of it. Right. And what advice do you have for aspiring writers out there? You know, I mean, oh. there's a lot of people, a lot of stuff to say, but. Sometimes the hurdles are in our minds and sometimes they're real life hurdles. Yeah. But, you know, what advice do you have? To keep going and to write every single day. Um, the trick is to write every single day. Every single day. Like even if you just do one sentence. But the trick is to write every single day. It's like your writing muscle is like you need to exercise it. And the more you exercise it, the better you become at it. I completely understand why people have ghostwriters because it is, it's extremely difficult. It's not an easy thing. Um, I never saw myself as a writer, but it is, it, it is extremely fulfilling when you actually complete the project. That is the part that kept me going. It's like, don't leave this halfway. So if I would have any advice to young aspiring writers, it's to write every single day, to create constantly. Just keep going. Keep going. Your voice is so necessary to the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, what kind of feedback have you had, in, especially in the terms of, um, you know, young women? Um, there, I've got a great young woman following, and I appreciate. I love that so much. Um, most of my followers, actually, um, when I check my stats on whether it's social media or my sales stats um, online, uh, it's actually fifty-fifty. Well, it's 55, 45, 55 women, 45 men. So um, I love the fact that I have such a balanced uh, following, but I do have a lot of young girls who constantly reach out to me. I actually have to, I think I have to just start um, uh, Auntie Abby column or something <laughs> to address all of these issues and um, just advice. A lot of young girls that just want advice. And uh, I love, I love that I am able to give them. Cause I feel, we'll just feel like I will have like a million daughters, so it's cool. <laughs> Auntie Abby, huh? Yeah, Auntie Abby. Don't you think that that's got a cool ring to it? It's, uh, it's not dada. It's, it's, uh, Abana, see dada. Hey, that da is sister. Oh, yeah, dada sister. is sister. It's auntie. Mimi, I'm auntie. Auntie's auntie, huh? Uh, yeah, auntie. Auntie's auntie. <laughs> An uncle, uncle. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. It's like... So yeah, so we're, we're joking around Swahili, 
And and so yeah, like <clears throat> back in the day. Do you day, remember your Swahili, Omari? Leo, kusema kiswahili kidogo sana. Acha jana pale chini wa Tanzania, kusema kiswahili mzuri sana kabisa. So what I said is today my Swahili is bad, it's but bad. yesterday, meaning in the past, mm-hmm. back in Tanzania, my Swahili was very good. Yes. But yeah, so well you know, done. I get, I get these I'm bursts. happy that you remember that. Ah, my friend. <laughs> your, your pronunciation is so American, but we totally uh, get it. It's totally and cool. Speaking of a few things in here, real quick is um and well first so as we transition here. Again, the title of your book, and where can people, especially here in our, our listening audience, purchase mm-hmm. the book? Um, my book is available on Amazon, so you, all you need to do is just type in The Life in My Men. Um, it'll come up, and you can purchase it. It's sixteen ninety nine. It's not. It's under $20, so it's super affordable, and it's an easy, easy, easy read. It really is. Or you could just come find me, and I'll I'll give you a copy. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I ain't get it autographed. No. And speaking of that, though, how can people follow you on social media? All right, so my Instagram, which is the main um, my main platform that I use, is Abby Plachies. That's A B B Y P L A A T J E S. Um, you can get hold of me there. I I try to respond to as many DMs as I possibly can, um, and yeah, that's where I'm available. Or on that other platform that I don't know what they're called because they're constantly changing their name. Um, I think it's called X. <laughs> it's Miss Abby M Z Z A W B Y. All right, good stuff. Now you're in. You live in the United Republic of Tanzania. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of the few countries on the continent of Africa that has a woman president, and one of the few countries in the world that has a a, a woman president. Mm-hmm. Man, tell us what's happening in Tanzania. What's life like over there now? Well. I mean, Mama Samia, as we fondly call her, um, she's she's our mama, you know, and she's doing an extremely good job, in my opinion, anyway. Um, she, of, of course, had to take over from uh, our late president who passed away some years ago, um, uh, John Pombe Magafuli. Um, and she, of course, was uh, the vice president at the time and now is the current uh, uh, president uh, of Tanzania. But she's doing really phenomenal things. I know that she's uh, given a lot of her time to um, to tourism. Uh, she's brought over, I think, hundreds and hundreds of uh, tourist um, vendors to actually come and view uh, Tanzania, like physically. She had them up in the Serengeti and in Gorongoro Crater. She took them on a whole tour. And there's a lot of investment going on right now with regards to tourism because people should come and see our beautiful country. Yeah, now speaking of that, Seattle has a special relationship with the United Republic of Tanzania. And actually, man, I I played a small role in that, man, over a decade ago when uh, Paul Allen, uh, the late Paul Allen, the time, man, you know, struck a deal with, with the government of Tanzania. And back when it was Seahawks Stadium, mm. people in the listening audience might remember that the end zone, the the there was branding in the stadium to visit Tanzania uh, branding and I, at the time it was Ambassador Kagasheki was the the Minister of Tourism. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I came over here. He came over here and um and yeah, and they used to call it when the Seahawks would score a touchdown, mm-hmm. they would call it the Tanzania <laughs> effect. No way! Promise you that and is so, awesome, right? And I, and all the <laughs> all the cable dispatches of of that that signing of that deal, I actually wrote, and they went back over to all the different oh, newspapers wow. in Tanzania, and the official photo 
is a photo. It was me. Uh, it was a photo I took of Paul Allen and Ambassador Kagashiki. I took that photo, and that's the wow. photo that went to all the news media over in Tanzania. Incredible. But I fast forward to earlier this year that um, that uh, permanent secretary of of, of tourism and, and natural resources, uh, Doctor Abasi, mm-hmm. was was here in Seattle. And speaking of Mama Samia, you know, she got honored by our Seattle Sounders, our, our soccer team here. Mm-hmm. They had the, the jersey mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For, for, for Madam President and also a Trailblazers jersey. Yeah. You, you went to a Trailblazers I game. Did. I did. And also a Seattle Seahawks jersey. And so the Seattle sports teams here yeah. have, have a very long tradition and commitment there mm-hmm. in the United Republic of Tanzania. And even African Leon, which mm-hmm. was in the Premier League there, the Vodacom Premier League in yeah. Tanzania, that was spun off initially by the Seattle Sounders, mm-hmm. our, our MLS team. Okay, so, so I, I love that. We're building so. uh, relations. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a big deal. You know, I'm No, a- it's a big deal because, I don't know, like I said earlier, you know, we need to also focus a little bit on bridging the gap between, um, you know, Africa and the American because it's, we just have so many things in common. The, the commonality that we share is uh, something that I think we should focus on more. Let me just put it that way. And I think the only people who drive the divides are the people who benefit from the divide. True story. You know what I'm True saying? True story. Like, I mean, you lived out there for 20 years, Omari. 20 years. And I'm just going to take credit yeah. for that because uh, we, we painted Omari and then he came back to Seattle and then he gave all his beautiful paint jobs to you guys. Just, so uh, we created him. I, 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 went to, I went to the continent very green. Huh? You know? No, no, but it was beautiful. It's the most beautiful thing to have seen you blossom, to see you grow, to come and bring all of that back here. Mm -hmm. And what you're doing here is just absolutely phenomenal. The way that you look after your community, the way that you highlight everybody, everybody. When I say everybody, I mean from the person that we meet on the train just saying hi to, you know what I'm saying? To like, I don't know, whoever, the president. But you've got the warmest kindest heart of I know a lot of people and I think that yours is the biggest oh well thank you I appreciate it and as we as we're winding down here now you've been in the the U.S. I mean you've been here plenty of times before Mm -hmm. but this particular trip here man how's it going for you oh no it's too much love I'm bursting at the seams. <laughs> I've been so well received. Actually, you know, shout out to everybody, um, to Seattle, actually, the city of Seattle for treating me so well. But mainly to my my friend, my brother, my partner in life here, Omari Salisbury, who's just, you know, shown me a side of the city that is uh, incomparable from what I've uh, experienced before. So um, I'm, I'm eternally grateful. Um, the people, I think... In every place, every country that I go to in the world, the people is is the defining factor of every city, every country. And the people here are extremely warm, disregarding the weather. The people are extremely so you warm. Hear, you hear that? All, all you Seattle freeze believers out there, we're not, we're not, we haven't frozen no, everybody. not at all. <laughs> I mean, literally from the doorman to, 
you know, police officers to, you know, like Damn, just you, everybody. You that, Eric? No, like, I'm serious. I've been treated officers. so well, I can't oh. even lie. I literally have. <laughs> they must know and, you're a tourist. And then, <laughs> <laughs> they can smell the tourism on me. <laughs> they must, they must right. know you're a tourist. That's a good thing. We want you to have a good, good experience. <laughs> For real. I really did. I love Omar. He's laughing at it like oh, the the rev would be happy to hear, <laughs> hear, hear, hear you say that you've you've been treated well here. I really have by, by our police department. I really have. All right, um, so as we get ready to go out here, I'll give you uh, some last words here. Any 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 final thoughts that you want to leave us with, Abby? Uh, no, I think we've we've covered everything. But I do. Um, I just. I'm extremely grateful. I just want to say thank you to you, especially, um, you know, for making this trip happen and, you know, for allowing me um, the space to talk about something which is so important in my life, which is this book. Um, So I appreciate it. And um, I hope that everybody, if you do get a copy and I, I, I urge you to get a copy, you know, just there's obviously going to be something that you're going to resonate with because it speaks to everybody. So thank you. All right. Good stuff. The name of the book is the life in my men, the author. There you go. Abby <laughs> Platach. Stop. You need to get that right. Plotchies. Plotchies. It's so simple. You might get my, like my surname is platypus or something. Plotchies. Yeah, that's difficult. P L A A T J E S. We'll go and look it up right there. Hey, so look, one more reminder before we get out of here the Mother's Justice Breakfast. That's right. That's this Thursday, November 9th at 7 a.m. at the Royal Esquire mm. Club. That's on Rainier Avenue in Columbia City. It's going to be great with uh, guest speaker Vonda M. Sargent and a pretty amazing presentation this year of the Thurgood Marshall Award. Now, for ticket info, you can call 425-954-7501. That's 425-954-7501. Or you can email mothersbreakfast at gmail.com. Well, I think we're about to wrap it up here and uh, get out of here. I want to say thank you to the Rev, to Rev Walden. Man, you know, this is Man, this is like chicken soup for the soul to be able to sit out here with Eric for one hour in KKKNW Studios. Man, I've missed this over the last few years, yes. and it's such a special feeling right now. Thank you, Eric, Thank man. You, you know, Eric. it's a pleasure to be here. And to my guest, the Abbey man, Karibu Numbani Apa Seattle, Washington. Gosh, Welcome home here to Seattle, man. Till next week at 2 o'clock, uh, the Rev will be back. Have a wonderful day.